You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Onyx Hunt and Onyx Maps. Now, I got to have a a little heart-to-heart with you here real quick. I used Onyx Maps on my phone every single day during the hunting season. Whether I was out west during my elk hunt, South Dakota mule deer hunt, or my rut vacation in Iowa, I was on my phone using Onyx Maps every part of the day. Whether I was looking at terrain features uh, on the topographic and and satellite maps that they offer on their uh, their app, or if I was leaving a waypoint like a watering hole or where I left my trail cameras or tree stands, or if I was marking a route from a campsite to a glassing position or from my truck to a tree stand location. I used Onyx Maps every single day, and I feel like it's an app that made my life a little bit easier. I don't know about you, but uh, there's been times in the past where I have been trying to find a tree stand based off of memory and not off of looking at a map and uh, I I have gotten lost in the dark before I had to wait till sun up and then and then you know find it that way but that problem does not exist anymore because of Onyx and uh, there's a ton of other features that I think you guys need to check out go to onyxmaps.com and uh, check out uh, all the functionality of the app Uh, download it to your phone give it a try and when you do decide to purchase enter the discount code nation 20 n-a-t-i-o-n two zero and for new users you're going to receive 20% off. So onyxmaps.com. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And this week's show is about the new small game regulation changes that the ODNR has proposed. So they published these um, updated changes and as well as the proposed season dates. And so we just basically talked through what some of the proposals are. We don't go through the, the season dates, you know, date by date, because that would be boring. But we'll make sure to share a link to the proposed season dates for you guys. And basically, we're just kind of trying to make you guys aware of some of the new proposed changes to small game. This doesn't include whitetails, because they haven't, that's a separate set of regulations, and they haven't released any of those proposed changes yet. So, this is small game and small game only. So, uh, you know, obviously squirrels, rabbits. Um, there's some proposed changes for coyotes, turkeys, and your game birds, your, your migratory waterfowl and um, grouse and, uh, boy, my, oh, quail. So that's what this episode's about. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is we now have a number you can call if you guys want to be on the show, meaning you call in, ask a question, you know, basically leave a voicemail. We'll then play that that question on the show and answer the question. So if there's something that you'd like our opinion on or a topic you'd like us to cover, we have a, a number you can call, leave a voicemail, and let us know. So that number is 330 330- Eight eight seven two four zero three, and like I said, call in, leave us your name and a brief message with your question in it, and we'll drop that audio file into the show, 
and answer the question on the show. So with that, the last thing I want to do is talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub has been with us for a long time. And they make Monster Whitetail Grub is a what I consider like a premium deer feed company. So it's not just um it's not just a gimmick, I guess if you will, right? We've we've tried a lot of the different feed products out there and Monster Whitetail Grub has outperformed just about all of them. And so it's a it's their signature product is a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. It's a coarser feed, so the deer eat it a little slower. And and our experience, the coons seem to leave it alone a little more than if you're just putting corn out or something. So we really like it. We've had good success with it. So if you're looking for feed to either supplement your deer through the winter or you want to start, you know, in the spring, we're going to start watching antler growth. If you want to get feed to get deer in front of your cameras, any of that stuff, uh, Monster Whitetail Grub is a great way to do that. So if you go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, there'll be a link to get in touch with them and try some of their stuff. And with that, I think that's all the announcements I have. So let's get into the conversation on the proposed small game changes. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Okay, so today it's just Jacob and I. Jeff was supposed to be with us, but I guess he got hung up at the dentist, so... Unless, unless we get a, a a phone a friend call here later and and he joins us, uh, I think it's just going to be Jacob and I today. So, Jake, anything new? What have you been up to? I just uh, I had I had work off today. You know, Martin Luther King's Day, and uh, got dinner ready for the family and and headed down here to record. I got a slammer headache right now, so. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I uh, haven't been up the whole lot in terms of, I guess, hunting, fishing, and outdoors. I've been kind of taking some time off. I uh, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of a lull for me after the yeah. end of the month motor. I haven't spent much time outside. I haven't even hardly checked trail cameras. I haven't done much yeah. of anything. So. Yeah, uh, same here. I... Uh, Ella and I have tried squirrel hunting a couple times. You know, we went, the first time we went, I had zero hopes of even seeing a squirrel. And we actually saw squirrels and I just missed. Um, you know, the first time was, they were just too far. And then the second time I just, it was my fault. <laughs> but uh, we went out again, oh, I don't know, maybe a week ago at this point. No, Friday. I had Friday off work. So we went out on Friday and like we had just gotten a little bit of snow. You know, I thought this is going to be a great morning. And nothing. Like I was 
convinced, you know, I'm planning what I'm going to make with these squirrels. Like, <laughs> it, we're coming home with a squirrel, right? It's like, right. It, it was a, it was a done deal in my mind, but she, uh, she did really good the first time with like sitting still and whispering this time. It was like a, like she was tr- trying to whisper to me across the room, you know? Yeah. So it was like, Shh, sh- sh- that's, I, you know, I know you're trying to whisper, but that is a, a loud whisper. Um, <laughs> and you know, just fidgeting around and stuff. We did, we did actually see three deer. They, I, we walked in, sat down and no more got settled. And I hear something and I look up and here comes three does. That's cool. And what did you think about that? It, she, I thought I thought she would have been more excited, you know, because she saw him, right? I, you know, I said, oh, hello, look, there's deer, there's deer. You know, I mean, they were probably 40 yards away, but kind of in some brush and stuff. Right. And I'm not sure if she saw him when they stopped and were standing there looking at us at that point. But I know she saw him when they ran off. So I don't know. She, I mean, she said, yeah, oh, that was cool, you know, but it wasn't, she wasn't as thrilled or as excited, I guess, as I thought she would have been. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, we sat there for uh, probably close to an hour and nothing, not even a squirrel, like off in the distance, you know, like, you know, up in a treetop way far away or you know nothing we there's nothing so that was kind of a bummer but so goes hunting i guess yeah i gotta get out to my property and there's squirrel out there i'd like to sit out there and pop a few but it's just haven't had an opportunity and now it's pretty frigid cold so i don't want to do it now of days at this point yeah yeah i know (laughs) so they might survive until next season yeah so I guess uh, that's a good transition. Speaking of season dates, the topic we were wanting to cover today is the new proposed small game and migratory bird. Let me try that again. The small game and migratory bird season dates and regulation changes. So I'm not going to read through the season dates for you. That's would be mind-numbingly mind-numbingly boy i'm really having having trouble with words today (laughs) uh that would be boring nobody wants to listen to me read through the proposed season dates not a ton in the way of like major change well i don't want to say that there are some i guess significant changes that they are proposing um the first one I want to cover is changes to the spring turkey season. And now this is not the upcoming spring turkey season in a couple months. This is the 2021 spring turkey season, right? The 2020 spring turkey dates were set this time last year. So they are proposing to move the season opener for both zones, the north and south zone, move them up two days and open them on Saturday instead of Monday. So 
The season opener for the South Zone would be April 24th. And again, this is 2021. And the season opener for the North Zone would be May 1st of 2021. Youth season statewide would be April 17 and 18. So basically, they, they in their in the little write up that they issued when they you know released all this, um, basically they say the proposal is designed to provide two additional weekend days for wild turkey hunters, and I think that's good. I like opening the season. I'm going to give a, a thumbs up on that one. I hope that one goes into effect. I like the season opening on a weekend. Any, yeah. Jake, any thoughts on that? I I would agree. I like, I mean, more opportunity for the normal hunter, quote unquote. Uh, you know, a guy who works a nine to five or whatever, eight to four, Monday through Friday. Uh, this is more opportunity to be in the woods and pursuing, you know, turkey. So I like that. And I also like it selfishly for us specifically because down by our cabin, um, the locals or when you go down there, all the guys say that you just missed them by a couple days. You know, they were gobbling their heads off a few days ago. Yeah. So I'm hoping by bumping this opening date, you know, if we could try going, cause we normally don't get down there until the weekend after the first full week. Right. We're primarily uh, weekend warriors with you right. know, our, our hunting. We all work full-time jobs. And so, yeah. So this way we could possibly go down and get those first two days and hopefully get into the birds because down there it's, it's hit or miss one year. We have a lot of luck the next year. None of us see or hear a thing. So hopefully this will be a, if we can get down there and get after them a little earlier, maybe we can have a little more luck or me specifically. I've never had any luck, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So gotta wait, be... gotta wait till 2021 though. I gotta have right. another year of, let's make that very clear. This is not the spring of yeah, this quote yeah. unquote season. It will be the following. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, so basically they're extending the season by two days and they're extending it on the front end, which, you know, adds to those, those weekend days, which I, I think is good. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention, well, two other things. I think this one will be a, a little bit shorter discussion than, and I want to get into the, the third topic, third main sort of major change is, uh, looking at some of the, the upland birds. So they're making some changes to those. So they are, they're proposing to close quail hunting on all state-owned or controlled public hunting areas. So that's, well, let me, let me finish their, their sentence here. So uh, close quail hunting on all state-owned or controlled public hunting areas except for Tri-Valley Wildlife Area and controlled hunts on Crown City Wildlife Area. So any other public land, state-owned land, or or state-controlled public hunting areas, which I think means, like, national forest. It's, it's not state-owned, but it's it's state-controlled, sort of state-managed, I think, because they, they use that, that, uh, that same wording with 
the no antlerless harvest after, um, you know, what was it, December 2nd or, or whatever the date was. Right. And, you know, when that initially came out, we got clarification that, yes, that does, you know, when they say state-controlled public hunting areas, that does include Wayne National Forest and, and those sorts of places. So, basically, they are closing quail hunting on public land in Ohio or proposing to. I guess I should, again, reiterate that these are proposed changes for the 2020 and obviously like we just talked the 2021 spring turkey season so proposing to close quail hunting completely on public land for the 2020 season they're going to reduce the quail bag limit to two birds so that would be private private ground um Ruffed grouse, they're going to shorten the season dates from, let's see, from October 10th to November 29th on state-owned or controlled hunting areas, and from October 10th to January 1st on private land. So shortening the ruffed grouse season, what, uh, October 10th through November 29th, that gives you a month and a half, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, basically, roughly. Yeah, a month and a half. And uh, also reducing the ruffed grouse bag limit to one bird. And so they sort of conclude with saying, quail and ruffed grouse regulations were proposed to better conserve the current population of birds that have been in decline for several years. So seems like... uh, Quail and ruffed grouse are, I mean, I guess we knew that, right? It's not a surprise, but they're really clamping down on those uh, season dates and harvest numbers to try to conserve what little population we have left, I think. Yeah, I would say if, I mean, it's probably too little too late, but if quail or and or ruffed grouse are your game of choice it is definitely time to start getting involved and doing what you can to help or try to help recover that population whether that's using your property and taking parts of your property and trying to turn it into habitat that's suitable for them Um, but those populations are clearly in decline and based on the trend of reducing that i could see in if things don't turn around, those populations will no longer be huntable probably soon. They'll probably yeah. just close that down completely just because the populations are just declining too much. And a lot of that, from what I've read and heard, is unfortunately because all of their habitat is being kind of gobbled up and turned into housing developments. And you know, strip malls, but for those of us that do have some, you know, property that we can manage, um, I think it's important to maybe look into what those type of birds need, um, in terms of their, you know, habitats. And if it's something that you can swing on your property or maybe cut a chunk of your property and decide to, Hey, I'm going to let this area here grow up into 
you know, old field or whatever and see if I can do my part. I think that would be beneficial. Yeah. And I, I really hope that because we did, if you guys missed the, the H2 Ohio episodes, you know, we kind of talked about some of the changes that they are implementing, some of the things that we're going to start to see. And some of the stuff that is included in H2 Ohio is incentives for farmers to sort of change their farming practices. And one of the things that is on there is listed as best practices for water quality is buffer strips and and things like that along stream edges, drainage ditches, those sort of things, which I think if farmers start to adopt that, because I, I think they're providing financial incentive for them to do that, I think that could be a really big win for the upland bird species. I think those, and and it's not going to be a ton, but I think that habitat that they're going to start hopefully bringing back, you know, those brushy field edges, if it's along a creek or, or some kind of stream or something, or they've got a drainage ditch that runs through, instead of, you know, just planting that in in some kind of fescue grass or something i'm hoping that some of that is going to grow back into what would be some of this good upland bird habitat and hopefully that may help turn things around for the grouse uh, the rough grouse and the quail in the state you know we'll have to wait and see but that is one good thing that is is hopefully coming down the pipe for those species. Want to pause here briefly and talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So, Mastin's is a deer scent company, and they also have predator scents or enhancer scents, they call them. So, got a lot of options for scent. So, I know this time of year probably isn't a big uh, uh, scent time. You're not thinking about buying scents or using scents, but when you start running cameras in the spring to get to you know watch your bucks grow and and then you start running those scrape lines as season starts to come in i urge you to check out mastin's deer sense they make a good product they collect everything on stainless steel so you're getting good clean scent no off uh scents or or off flavors as i like to say and they've just got a lot of product options so check them out mastinsdeersense.com or go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there'll be a link there to go to their website you order from them and they ship it right to your house and with that we're going to get back into the conversation so the other thing and I would say this is probably the biggest one the the one that is going to um ruffle the most feathers i'll say since we just got done talking about birds is they are proposing to include coyote hunting and trapping or let me start over they are proposing to that that you will need a fur takers permit to do any coyote hunting or trapping and they're also because right now coyotes are open all season, no, you know, no close season on coyotes. Have at it. They're also proposing to add coyote to the fur bear trapping season. And I couldn't find 
what they're proposing for for dates on that. I, I wasn't able to track that down, but that's kind of a big one, right? Like right now, coyotes are a, a non-native. They've worked their way across the country from the West. No closed season, no you know restrictions on method of take. You can hunt them at night, you know, whatever. And this is a what I would consider a pretty giant departure from that, right? You're going to need a a fur takers permit. And so the, the what they say here is the proposal was made to better align with other fur bearer hunting and trapping regulations and will ensure proper training will be completed prior to trapping coyote by requiring the fulfillment of a trapper education course. And then they do add this uh, sort of caveat, Ohio resident landowners are not required to have a hunting license or fur taker permit when hunting or trapping on land they own. So if you you only ever hunt or trap coyotes on your own land, you would be exempt from this. But if anybody, you know, goes to a local farmer and does coyote hunting or enjoys coyote trapping. This is going to be very different, right? It's, it's been sort of no hold bar, no holds barred on coyote and, you know, forever in the state. And, you know, now they're going to, they're, they're proposing to fold them into, you know, in, in with every other fur bearer in the state. Yeah, I um, I'd like to get a little more, I guess, insight as to why they're going this direction. The only thing I can think uh, is that guys are setting out traps for coyote, and they're not doing so ethically. Um, they're you know setting out traps and possibly getting a lot of unwanted catch you know catching other animals that are then being killed or harmed you know whether that's domestic dogs or they're you know trying to trap coyote when it's not a normal fair fur bearing season and they're catching you know fox raccoon whatever else you know so i think maybe this is a way to force education yeah as to how to effectively trap coyote and not have a lot of bycatch or, you know, like unwanted catch. Um, that's the only thing I could think as to why, because I mean, I think it's a pretty accepted idea that the coyote population is not hurting by any means. Right. You know, I mean, we're not even being able to hunt and trap them all year any hour of the day, we're still not making a dent that's only getting bigger. So it certainly isn't a population concern. So I'd like to know, I guess, what the motive behind this change is or why they're going this direction yeah. or proposing to go this direction. Um, like I said, unless there's something where, you know, people are complaining because too many people, unwanted 
things or getting trapped in sets that are intended for coyote, but they're not, you know, they're not set correctly and they're catching other stuff. That's the only thing I could think. Right. They're setting them in the wrong place with the wrong bait or lure or whatever. And yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I was pretty shocked to see this one. I mean, cause this is, you know, the guy who, when he's out deer hunting and a coyote runs by, you know, takes the opportunity to, to shoot the coyote that will no longer happen unless of course you have, um, your fur takers permit, I guess. And, you know, you've gone through the requirements needed to get that, but yeah, it's good. It's a, I guess I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it, it's it's a pretty big change, right? It's not just a we're shifting season date two days, you know. This is a a, a pretty big difference, departure from the way coyotes have been handled and if, if you want to say managed in the state. I would have I've got to think that this is going to bring the coyote harvest down you know i i don't i don't foresee myself um pursue you know i don't i don't have a fur takers permit I, I don't see myself pursuing that just to be able to you know shoot at a coyote here or there it's not right. something that that i do regularly and so this would just Basically, for me, the effect it would have on me is it would prohibit me from trapping and or shooting coyotes. I do have a few leg hold traps. I've never really got, you know, I've kind of fooled around with them, but never really, I've never caught a coyote. And I've never really gotten into fooling around with them. They just sit here in my basement. But the fact that now, you know, there's, there's extra requirements will probably, uh, sort of preclude me from that, prohibit me, not prohibit me. That's not the right word, but you know, I could certainly take the necessary, uh, education, but you know, especially at this phase of my life, I, I just don't foresee myself having the time, right? We, you know, we've right. both got families and kids and doing stuff with the podcast and, full-time jobs and you know i just i you know we've barely we've barely got time to do the hunting that we do today you know and, right and so to add that <clears throat> just you know just being honest i probably won't right yeah i mean it's definitely going to be i mean just speaking from you know just kind of the way things are for us i mean when we go down for our turkey season you know down at the cabin turkey season closes at noon in the past we've some nights or some afternoons going into the evenings we go up and try to call in some coyotes to blast that can't happen anymore (laughs) you know if this goes into effect um we don't own any of that land down there outside of the flat that our cabin is built on you know, everything else is either public land or land we have permission on. 
So it's, you know, just that kind of stuff, like the casual quote unquote coyote hunting, like you said, or I'm deer hunting and a coyote walks by and I shoot it. That can't, I shouldn't say can't, um, but won't happen for the casual person. You know, if you're someone who has a serious coyote problem and you want to get rid of it, then it's probably going to do you benefit to get the education and get a fur bearer's permit anyhow, because you'll be more effective in trapping. Right. Yep. But I'm with you. I got a couple, you know, foothold traps and I've never trapped a coyote. I don't even, you know, know how to trap a coyote. If I tried, I wouldn't trap a coyote. Um, but it's the same thing. I just, their decorations, I guess at this point, because yeah. at least for a while, at least, you know, I'm just not going to have the time. And maybe that's the other thing. Maybe guys are throwing these traps out in the woods and they're not caring for them. Like you have to, if you're running a trap line, you know, maybe guys aren't checking their traps like they need to. And whether you love or hate coyotes, it's not appropriate to trap one and let it freeze to death. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, so maybe that also plays into it. Maybe they're finding that guys aren't running their traps the way that trap should be run. You know, they're just setting traps out and checking them, whatever, once a month or once every six months. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know, but like I said, I'd like to know what led to this or why they're going this direction. That I think would be interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to try and, and, you know, figure out who, who the best person to talk to with the ODNR would be about this and, and get them on the podcast. I think that would be, like you said, an, an interesting conversation. And, uh, yeah, cause I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, just curious to, cause I mean, if it's one thing that we've learned from doing these episodes with the ODNR is, you know, none of these decisions are just made arbitrarily. Right. So there was clearly some sort of thought or, or reasoning that went into this. I'm just not seeing it. Right. And so that's where it would be good for us to be able to get somebody on the show and provide that sort of backstory i guess if you will to you know the 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 hunting public of ohio right and and get that information out because this is like i said before it's kind of a shocker right i I was surprised to see this one yeah i mean and it's gonna be i mean it's gonna ruffle some feathers in the deer hunting world yeah well turkey hunting deer hunting um i mean guys are passionate about those two species and coyotes are known to you know wreak havoc on fawns and take out turkey poults or turkey i mean that's they're known to prey on those things um so without you know it's without the education as to why they're proposing this i can see it causing a little bit of a firestorm because guys are already you know up in arms in certain areas of the state they feel like their deer populations aren't what they want that's up for debate 
obviously, um, different people have different goals and objectives for their hunting. Well, they want to blame it on coyotes, right? We see that a lot. Right. Right. A lot of those guys that don't think they see enough deer they're they blame the coyote. The coyote is the problem. So I think it's going to fire those guys up even more if, and when they get wind of this regulation change. So I think it would be beneficial to get for the ODNR to get that information out there as to why the why behind it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess they don't technically owe us anything. I mean, it's a proposed change. You can comment. Anyone and everyone is encouraged to, you know, attend the meetings or at least make comment during the comment periods. Um, But the why I think would be interesting just to try and nip some of that in the bud. (laughs) Yes. You know, like some of the, you know, guys we're a very passionate group outdoorsmen hunters you know it's that's just what we are and when you're making a decision that's gonna like you said i it's going i can't see any way it's not going to decrease the coyote harvest which in turn is going to increase the coyote numbers in theory again it depends on what your school of thought is on that um you know, some people think that the coyotes, well, I mean, it's not a think, I guess. Science shows that the more pressure you put on coyotes, the more pups they have in their litters. So the coyotes are going to reach the carrying capacity for the area. And no matter, pretty much no matter what, that's what the coyotes population is going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can have very, you know, impact on your little piece. So like your little 15 acres, if you shoot all the coyotes, obviously there's not going to be coyotes on your little 15 acres, but they're going to drift in over time and they're going to keep coming back. You can't eliminate, you know, them for, it's going to be an every year thing. Um, I also would be curious to know when the proposed trapping period is going to be. That's what I want to know too. Like, is it going to just be in the fall? I would hope that it's going to be in the spring, but I don't know. Just because I think that's also kind of been proven is that the only way that you have a real impact on your, by killing coyotes on your deer and turkey population is you've got to knock them back when fawns are hitting the ground. Right. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Like if you're not, and I would be shocked, right? If, if they're folding them into the fur bearer, right? Putting them under the fur bearer umbrella. Right, I'd be shocked if it was a spring. It's a fall. Right. This is a fall trapping. Right, that's when the fur is nice and and thick, and, you know, that's when the fur has value, you know, what what little value fur still has these days, but that's a fall-winter thing. Spring fur is not worth anything. And so, but like you said, that's when... That's when you can have, you're, you're not going to get rid of the coyotes, but like you said, if you can knock them back during that fawning season and when pult, turkey poults are running around, you can help those species once they get past that, you know, that really sort of vulnerable stage, then, you know, 
shooting a coyote here and there isn't affecting the population. If right. you want an interesting read on coyotes and sort of their their expansion across the country and, and how they've sort of been persecuted throughout history in the United States, I would recommend um, either reading or listening to the audiobook of, uh, it's called Coyote America. It's by Dan Flores. I'll put a link to that in the in the show notes because it's a it's a interesting read. I, I'll admit I listened to the audiobook. I again don't find time to read paper copies of books, but I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and and it was an interesting uh, an, an interesting story, I guess, of the the tale, I guess, of, of coyotes in America. Hence, you know, hence the title, right? Um, and if you really, I mean, if you can get past the deer hunter mentality, um, I mean, they're really a fascinating, fascinating animal. Just the way that they can survive anything and everything. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's just, they're a fascinating animal. It's, they get a really bad reputation because, you know, they are blamed for wiping out the whitetail population, turkey populations, whatever. Right. But it's definitely interesting if you can kind of think of it, get that out of that mindset of their like public enemy number one. I mean, they really are a pretty cool animal to kind of learn about. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to circle back to Jake, you mentioned, you know, provide comment, give feedback to the ODNR and, that's, I mean, this is your chance, right? So they, they, uh, let's see, public comment is, or the, they're accepting in-person comments can be submitted during the week-long open house period from March 2nd through March 6th, 2020, at any of the uh, Division of Wildlife District offices. So they do their, their open houses during that time period. You can also submit comments online uh, beginning February 21st. Online submissions can be made at wildohio.gov beginning February 21st. So this episode will go live before that online comment period is open. But once it does open, we will be sure to share that on social media. So make sure you're you're following and um well, sub- subscribe to the show, but make sure you're following us on both Facebook and Instagram. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram, because that will probably be the easiest way for you to know when that's open. We'll share the link for it and you can provide comment. We're hoping to have, I'm, I'm hoping to have somebody from the ODNR on before that public comment period opens as well. So that you can have, you know, we can get some of that that additional information. But if this is something that you're opposed to, any of these changes, make sure you let them know about it. And if it's if you think it's a good idea, if you're in support of it, you know, they trust me, the ODNR does not get many uh, messages saying, "Hey, I think you guys are doing a great job." So. If you, you know, if you like these changes, like I, you know, we said early, we like the, the 
spring turkey dates moving up to uh, Saturday, you know, we should probably let them know, hey, that's a good idea. We like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, again, making an assumption, but I think that probably says a lot about our turkey population in Ohio. The fact that they're agreeing to and proposing to extend that season and not only extend it, but extend it on two weekend days, which is when most guys are going to be in the woods. Right. I think that's a good sign for our turkey population in Ohio, um, that it's a strong growing population and hopefully the turkey hunting will just continue to get better and better going forward as they kind of make their way and spread out throughout the state and kind of get a better hold and fill in all the pockets where there's not a ton of turkey right now. But you know, right, if they're changing the coyote thing, of course the turkeys are going to be gone. After after they make this change, there'll be <laughs> there'll be no turkeys left, man. That's, coyotes that's, are going to eat them all. That's what you're going to hear, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... There are a few other um, proposed changes. Uh, let me see here. Um, the a change from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service provides additional waterfowl hunting days to members of the U.S. Armed Forces. Um, in response, it was proposed on Wednesday. Wednesday was when this uh, this meeting was held that where they talk about all this stuff. That's why they're referencing Wednesday. Uh, it was proposed on Wednesday to permit active military and veterans to hunt during the two-day youth waterfowl season. So they're proposing to allow active military and veterans to hunt during youth season, youth waterfowl season, excuse me, uh, which is October or proposed to be October 3rd and 4th of 2020. Opening date for waterfowl hunting in the north zone was proposed to start one week later, so they're pushing that back October 24th, 2020, allowing for more November hunting days later in the season. It was also proposed to reduce the daily bag limit for uh, SCOP. I hope I'm saying that right. That's that's not a word or a, a bird species I'm familiar with. Uh, reducing that that daily bag limit to one bird during the first 15 days of the season and two birds during the last 45 days of the season in the South zone, North zone and Lake Erie marsh zone as required in the U S fish and wildlife service season framework. So, but you know, the migratory species are, you know, there's a, there's the federal part of it. Right. And so there's some of this sounds like it's, uh, they're just, being required to make some of these changes by the U S fish and wildlife service. So I don't, uh, I feel like if Jeff was here, he would have, he would have some input on that. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't big waterfowl guys. Right. Um, Yeah. I I don't don't know any, that doesn't impact me one way or the other. I have, I'm neutral on that. Cause like I said, I, I could count, well, I could count the number of days, I've waterfowl hunted without any fingers or toes. So, (laughs) um, unfortunately that's somewhere I am not familiar with. I'd love to get into it, but with a young family and time constraints, I don't have enough time to do the hunting I do 
currently enjoy. So I could see people, you know, I mean, I guess maybe the, the biggest change there is, is adding active military and veterans to the youth waterfowl season. Um, but it's, you know, from what they're, they're saying here, it's, you know, I'll, I'll read that again. A change from the U.S. and Fish, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service provides additional waterfowl hunting days to members of the U.S. Farm. Boy, again, with the words. <laughs> additional hunting days to members of the U.S. Armed Forces. In response, it was proposed on Wednesday to permit active military and veterans to hunt during the two-day youth waterfowl season. So it doesn't sound like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is requiring them to allow veterans and active military to hunt during youth season, but they are adding that to the federal regulation, and Ohio is maybe just providing those days during the, you know, they just decided, well, why don't we provide those days, those additional days during the youth season? Right. That sounds like exactly what, I would read that the same way. I would interpret that as the u.s fish and wildlife said i want you to provide this opportunity to active duty and veterans and then the state of ohio said well what you know this youth season is a time when they can't already hunt but people already are hunting so we'll just throw them in there and let them go with the kids right yeah um plus i mean it opens up i mean you can kind of the feel goods, you know, part of it now active duty and veterans can go with their kids during youth season and everybody can have a blast and they deserve it. They earn it. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, right. and then the last thing, just in case anyone thought we were neglecting a very, very important, um, part, the proposed whitetail stuff is not proposed yet. (laughs) So that's why we didn't, um, discuss anything about the whitetail deer seasons. Uh, it gets its own council meeting. That meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, February 19th. So stay tuned for that. Um, we'll obviously discuss anything that comes up relating to whitetails when that gets released. But, um, by us not talking about it, that doesn't mean that nothing is going to change. We have no idea. We're not privy to that stuff any more than anyone else. So once that's released, we will definitely discuss it. Yeah. And based on the the survey, the the, the deer hunter survey that they put out, it I have a hunch they're planning to make some changes or propose some changes. So we will definitely, you know, be we'll have our eyes and ears open for that and make you all aware of that as soon as we find out. So we'll be sure to post if, if you know, all of the, the link to all of the proposed season or hunting and trapping season dates in the show notes and a link to where you can find this information that we discussed today. And like I said, just a reminder if you want to make a comment about this stuff, your opportunities to do that are n- are not Facebook. Um, they are open houses at the Division of Wildlife offices from between March 2nd through March 6th of 2020 or the online comment period, which is going to start February 21st. So, right. And Facebook kind of, comments are great, but they don't 
get quote unquote heard by the ODNR. Right. And just to be clear to all of our followers, listeners, um, although we do have a good working relationship with the ODNR, we are in no way affiliated with the ODNR. So they don't see or hear anything that happens on our Facebook feeds or that we talk about unless they happen to tune into our podcast, which is great if they do. Um, but you know, when we post things like specifically we posted about, Hey, go do these surveys. We got a lot of feedback in our comments about people who didn't like things or did like things. Unless you go and do that survey, that's all falling on deaf ears because we have no more pool than you do. We're just a couple guys who like to talk hunting in the state of Ohio. (laughs) And we're trying to share that passion with you guys. Yeah. I mean, we enjoy the comments. We, we enjoy reading them and interacting with them. But, but yeah, like Jacob said that we, we don't work for the ODNR. We don't have any more sway or pool than, than anybody else. So I think that's probably a good place to, to shut it off unless you have anything else you wanted to touch on Jake. No, no, I think that was good. I think that covered everything. And like I said, we'll look forward to the, whitetail proposed regulations because based on that survey I would agree there's some things coming um, you know in the way of the deer management units and that kind of stuff if not this year definitely coming because as our previous episodes with Mike Tonkovich has discussed um, I think it's been in the works for a while and they're just kind of trying to get a little more public input as to how people will feel about it. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned keep an eye out for that because there could be some relatively significant changes coming to the way that we hunt whitetail deer in Ohio in the coming year or so. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, appreciate y'all listening. We really do. You know, otherwise it would just be the three of us talking to each other. So, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you interacting with us on, on social media. Um, big thing, share the content, right? If you enjoy the content, send it to your friends, post it on social media, share our posts, however you want to do it. But, uh, that's the biggest thing we can ask right now is, is to just share the content, get it out there and, uh, help inform everybody. So with that, We will talk to you all next week. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Want to thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And like we said in there, this, these are just proposals. So this is your time to make your voices heard. We, we love getting your comments in our social media posts. And if you're new, this is the first time you're listening Uh, Maybe somebody sent you this episode. You can find us at Ohio Huntsman on Facebook and Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. We're always sharing all kinds of uh, updates and things like this, this type of content. So make sure you're following us there to, to keep up to date. Make sure you're subscribed to the episode. That way you'll get automatically notified. And like I've said in the past, you can subscribe to our standalone feed. So if you only want Ohio Huntsman content, you can subscribe to the Ohio Huntsman standalone feed 
or you can subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation whitetail feed and get everybody's content, you know, along with our content. So that's how you keep in touch, keep up to date with everything that's going on. But this is your opportunity to let the ODNR hear your voice. If you don't agree with some of the proposals they're making, let them know. The way you do that is at the open house events or through the online comment section, which, like we said, isn't open yet. But once it opens up, we'll be sure to let you guys know. And there, you can tell them anything you want, but right now, the only thing that they're considering are these proposed changes, right? So you can let them know about anything and everything. But but right now, the, the comments of value are going to be the comments that are related to these topics. So... If you're upset about any of this, let them know. If you like any of this, let them know, right? I'm sure they get a lot. I know they get a lot of comments about things they're doing wrong and how they're screwing up everything, right? But if you like something they're doing, make sure to let them know that also. So I think that's where I'll leave it. Hopefully you guys are having a good winter. We've kind of been blessed here with a pretty mild winter pretty pretty low snow winter and uh yeah like i said at the beginning if you want to call us and leave us a message that we'll play on the show and you know we can answer a question or or if you have a topic you want us to cover let us know call into that number again that's 330-887-2403 leave us a message and uh we might use that audio clip on the show And with that, I will talk to you guys next week, and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.